Inappropriate Earl, back for more, as Rat would sing about back in the Dizzy. Speaking of Rat, the singer from Rat, Stephen Piercy, has been on this podcast. And a lot of people are asking me, Earl, how come your podcast is doing so well? Did you hack into iTunes? How about hard work? You hating baboons. People accusing me of hacking. You know who hacks into iTunes? Are the comics on SoundCloud who have 13 followers, but yet they have 10,000 listens for their episodes. Oh my, did I just break the wall there? It's not often that I have someone on my couch that I like as a person and as a stand-up comic and as a podcaster. You know, podcasters can be a very sneaky bunch, never rooting for anybody. We're all just fighting for number two behind Papa Joe, so we shall root for each other, you self-hating heathens. Put your hands together for the one, the only, a historic figure in the Los Angeles comedy community because she is the first female door guy. And that may seem like I'm zinging her, but it's true. (laughs) No, I mean, in this roast battle world, and no, I didn't watch it last night on Comedy Central. I'm not in the program anymore. That sounds like I'm like giving her shit, but it's true. We'll get into if introducing her like this bothers her, but she is the first female door guy at the comedy store. And when you think about it, that's a pretty big deal. Comedy store has been around for 50 years. They've always had male door guys. She's an innovator of sorts. Jessica Wellington. Hi, thank you, Earl. Thanks for having me. Does that bother you when you, I say female door guy? Cause that seems like almost an insult. Not at all. I still refer to myself as a door guy. Whenever I uh, like message somebody online, I always put uh, Jessica here, door, and I put in parentheses guy from the comedy store so they know who I am. It doesn't bother me at all. I think that your intro is hilarious, though. I keep it real. <laughs> you got your brass knuckles? No, I- no, no, no. These. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Hold on. I'm gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to shut the window because your laugh is very loud. Okay. So, uh, want people to give hear it? give people your social media. Okay, my social media. You can follow me at uh, at Jess Wellington two, the number two, and that is across the board on Instagram, uh, Twitter, all that good stuff. That's the first time in inappropriate oral history I've gotten to the plugs thirty seconds after the intro. What? No, wait. Why did you close it? You don't want people to think we're having a good time in here. No, here's the deal. Not that people want an inner workings <laughs> of my condo. It's not an apartment, by the way. It's a two bedroom, three bath condo. Thank you very much. <laughs> not every comic lives in Valley Village in a studio. Uh, I have hardwood floors. I live very close to the neighbors next door. The neighbors are very cool. They love me. I'm like the mascot on my street because I'm the only straight guy on the street. But, you know, they all work and, you know, they like to watch TV without hearing inappropriate or alive. You're just afraid that they think I'm laughing at your penis, aren't you? Trust me. We all, I might not have the biggest dick in LA comedy, but let me tell you this much. You can ask every ex-girlfriend, and I mean 
everyone. <laughs> Does daddy deliver the goods? And even the ones that hate me will give me a five-star review. Thank you very much. <laughs> but your laugh bellows. It's a very deep, it's a great laugh. Like when I'm in the OR and you're working and, and you laugh, yeah. Or, or you're just in there and like i'm like that's a good joke like and it gets the room going like i'm a horrible audience member when another comic is on stage because even if i think something's funny i, I just say to myself oh that's funny I, i'm not a big right. laugher i still love that i love to laugh i love it it's it's not that I, don't... I love being and doing what i do oh it's the best job on earth yeah. uh but it, but it's not that i don't love to laugh i just uh like I'm, I'm quiet actually when I'm not on stage. So yeah. uh, you're kind of the see to me your stage and off stage uh, personality is the same. Very yeah, yeah. Like when I talk to you at the store or wherever we're at, it's the same as if you're performing on stage. Like I'm very quiet off stage. Right. Well, you yeah. I'm sure. A lot of bragging on stage. Off stage, you're very humble. Well, you know, listen, I'm only on three TV shows, but anyway. <laughs> and I have to say, like, you do have a very nice place here, Earl. Uh, I don't know that I should have come here, though, because I had this whole thing in my head. I, I imagined. I, I did. I did. Well, I remember I had that dream about you. Jessica has so had a sex dream about me. <laughs> We'll get to that in a second. Um, I did, and I and I have imagined it was in my dream and everything how your place looked because you know you have like custom cars and a hundred and fifty dollar ripped t shirts. You know, I expected something very modern with a lot of glass, a lot of windows. What the hell do you think is behind? You, you? have a mirrors, yeah, but this is like makes 80s. it look bigger. <laughs> but I I imagine like a, a lot of glass, like downtown, right? A loft, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot I mean, of glass windows looking out. Well, this building is... Uh, and air conditioning. Yeah, I mean, my AC sucks here. <laughs> it, it's the original uh, AC. This building was built in 1974. So that explains the almost 70s type vibe. Right. Uh, this looks like an updated 70s, early 80s, pre-AIDS condo. Yes, yes. Um, which in this neighborhood would really be in high demand. Uh but, you know, it's it's very nice. It's just not what I had in my head at all. Well, I think people assume because of my love of the 80s and, and like disco and that I'm going to have like leather couches with like Andy Warhol pictures uh, all <laughs> over the place. Instead, I have, you know, an ultimate warrior uh, cartoon uh, or a comic book montage uh, framed picture and. I won an Ultimate Warrior a, a figure the other day. You know, um, Tony Hinchcliffe and them did a uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, and I wasn't into it at first, but then I was I was working up there, and then I got really into it. And they asked me if I had watched uh, wrestling before, and I said I haven't really watched it since I was a kid. And they were like, "Who are your favorite?" And I was the Ultimate Warrior for sure. So for fun, I they were giving away stuff, so I put my name in the bucket to win stuff. And there's like 40 people in there, so I figured, what are the odds of me winning? First name they draw, it's me. And at first he took back the toy and he said, no, you can't have this. And I was like, oh, are you serious? And the crowd was against him because I was excited, you know? And then he's like, no, you can have this one. And it was the ultimate warrior figurine. Oh, and can I buy it from you? 
I'll trade you my uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, you know, I've been doing comedy 20 years. What's the coolest gift you've ever gotten from a fan? I haven't gotten a gift yet. The only thing that I've gotten is the promise of a alligator tooth necklace. From just someone who saw you? Yes. Uh, because I've been doing comedy like, I don't know, 20 years or so. I've yeah. gotten roses once. Well, Sorry. That's, but that was, the guy was probably trying to get it in. No, he was gay. Okay, well, I mean, you know, who knows? <laughs> but the coolest thing I've ever gotten was an Abdullah the Butcher uh, doll because he had heard me talk about Abdullah the Butcher with Ralphie May. And, uh, you know, I got a package at the comedy store and it's pretty big. I open it up and it's like in the box meant abdullah the butcher doll and i'm like wow this is why i do comedy <laughs> like that's so cool that someone would take some fan would take the time to not only find this i didn't even know because right. he, he's a pretty obscure wrestler you have to have a deep love of pro wrestling to even know who he is but the fact that he found a doll sent it to me uh, that's like wow that's it's really cool it's very thoughtful yeah. I think that I do think that men get more gifts like that. And I think we should change this for sure because you guys have way more devoted fans that are into everything that you do, which is amazing. Amazing. And I'm not saying that other women don't have that because they do, but it takes, it's a lot harder. It takes a lot longer um, to get that. And like Rogan gets shit at the store all the time and Diaz. Tripoli yeah. and you and Diaz. I mean, paintings and everything that you can imagine. Well, I think with women, it's uh, you guys or you girls don't get as much from fans because it's creepy. Like, Well, no, please bring the creep. I would but I like mean, like what? What a, a male, it, I'm assuming it's going to be a male fan, although you could get a female fan sending you something. Right. Uh, but if like a male fan sent you, like I had a guy on his own make up a Skakel Army t shirt. That's amazing. It, it, unbelievable. But if a guy did that, the, Welling, the Wellington, because you were in the Wellington uh, Army, Air, Wellington Air Force, that would be amazing. I would love that. But I mean, it would be a little creepy just because it's, you got to figure it's some dude, you know, he's in the Midwest or where, uh, Pittsburgh. Well, what I'm saying is I'm not creeped out that, by that at all. And I, I, I want more. Right. I mean, like Rogan fans <laughs> are like, you know, MMA guys, jujitsu dudes. Hey, Joe, here's a t shirt of, you know, a special military. Right. Uh, you know, with you, it, it's like if you got, like a t-shirt i don't know like a village people t-shirt because you know they that'd had, be amazing they had one guy in the air force in the village people <laughs> yeah. did they because i thought it was a sailor or something or a cop no i remember all six you had uh <laughs> you had the cop you had the indian the cowboy you had the construction worker you had the air force guy and then you had a, just a, a not a generic but a guy he could have been in any of them like any branch of the military oh now here's a crazy thing the first guy to jump off 
the one of the towers on 9-11. Uh, I think it was the very first guy, you know, jumped. Oh, to jump suicide because of the, well, he was going to. Yeah, uh, was the brother of the military guy in the. Uh, oh, my God. So I'm just full of useless information. information. Just a Debbie Downer. Yeah. So how's your comedy going? <laughs> Here's the, and it's part of the reason I do this podcast. I'm certainly not doing it for the money. Uh, <laughs> and if not, not for my, with this sweet condo, not for my hacking skills on iTunes, uh, <laughs> who knows where I'd be. Uh, but I do this podcast because you're someone like I see a lot, uh, three or four times a week, maybe yep. more. Uh, but uh, yet I know little about you. Like, where are you from? Well, I'm from North Carolina and Florida. Home of Ric Flair. Florida is? No, uh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. He just seemed like we'd be more of a Florida boy, but okay. I think he's from, is it Charlottesville? What? South Carolina. I thought he was, maybe he's from South Carolina. Who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I'm from North Carolina and Florida. Uh was born in Florida, lived there till I was five, moved to North Carolina, grew up mostly there, but I, I moved back and forth a few times with my mom as a teenager down to Florida, and and half my family is there and half is in North Carolina. Um, and I joined the Air Force right out of high school. Why? Because I didn't have the grades for school. I didn't have the money for school. I didn't... I didn't see any other option, to be honest. So it was either uh, after high school, working a, a fact, not a factory, but like... I, I, sure, we got the pickle plant. I bet you did. <laughs> I got a pickle plant for you. Uh, so it's either working at the pickle plant... <laughs> right. I told you I don't plan any questions, so I'm right. improving in my head. Or going to uh, some form of the armed Military. Uh, yeah. forces and did you go okay what are the pros and cons of the navy the marines sure yeah because we had um we had an air force base in goldsboro so i knew a little bit about that um not much and my dad was in the army and my mom was in the army they both did four years and got out so i knew a little bit from their experience um my grandfather was in world war ii but he didn't talk about uh, his service much at all. Um, it, it just because you think uh, he had that bad of a time? Like, oh, he did. I know because he had a, he had a purple heart, and I have a black heart. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> Twenty years of comedy in L.A. Right. I have no heart. It's true. No mercy. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to be less bitter. Yeah, well, you're you're doing really good with the black heart and all that, and really setting the mood. Um, <laughs> so your grandfather, he didn't really talk about his service. No, no, no. He had a lot of shrapnel in his back. I know my grandma asked him one time. She's like, I know you don't want to talk about it, but just tell me why is all that shrapnel just in your back? And he's like, because I was running like hell from him. Nothing wrong with that, right? And then my dad told me the story. <clears throat> that my grandfather actually his whole company uh was killed and he had to play dead underneath him to survive so i mean that's some crazy shit you know what did he uh just pretend he was at like uh one of vargas's shows at the comedy <laughs> store 
Okay. You know, boom. Hello. I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, I'd be the worst soldier on earth. I'd be like shoving guys in front of me. Hey, go, go check it out. <laughs> you kind of have the military glasses, though. Now that I look at it. Well, I have a very poor vision. <laughs> To be honest with you, my vision is so bad that my glasses are three prescriptions. Are they really? The tri- they're called trifocals. That's a thing? Progressive lenses. So they're like uh, the bottom quarter is, uh, you know, one prescription in case you look down. The middle part, like where I'm, how I'm looking at you now is one. And then if I like look up at an eclipse, which is <laughs> maybe why I have such poor vision. I would literally stare at eclipses when I was a kid. Like, no. You know, you're supposed to have some sort right. of covering, and no one told me about that. Well, that was kind of silly. So, bet so you grew, you had a military background in your family. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but not um, not like I grew up in it by no means because they were all out. They all did just a little time and then got out. Um, so I didn't know really what I was getting into, but from what I was hearing from other people, I was hearing do not go in the army. <clears throat> do not go in the Marines because they're like front lines. You don't want to do that. They're crazy. What do you mean? Like, if, so if we invade Iraq, the Marines are the first people in. Right. And they're like, they do the grunt work and stuff, you know? And so, why wasn't it? Don't go into the army. Same. Cause it's infantry, all of that. Um, they don't treat their people as well. I mean, you get f- whatever fine, but it, you, there is definitely a difference in how um, the amenities that you receive in each branch. The Navy, I didn't hear two horrible things about. Um, only that you had to stay on a ship for six months out of the year. So I was like, Ooh, do I want to be on a ship for six months out of every year? Uh, and the Air Force, I heard, is all about work smarter, not harder. So... I went in the Air Force. Uh, if I didn't get in the Air Force, I would have went into the Navy. And if that didn't work, I wouldn't have went in. Period. You would have worked at the pickle plant. Yeah, something. Okay. Yeah, that's what it would have happened. And honestly, Air Force overall was one of the best things that could have happened to me because whenever I first went in and I went to basic training, they let you fill out this dream sheet of where you want to go. And it is exactly what it sounds like a dream because especially your first time they're going to send you where they need you, not where you want to go at all. You got to get a little bit of seniority and rank before you get to say where you want to go. So it's literally a dream, but I put down North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Virginia, you know, everything just right there. What I was familiar with the South, the South. And absolutely. And then, uh, they sent me to England. Oh, wow. Best thing they could have done. I was upset at first. I was like, what the fuck? England. What am I going to do in England? Uh, but it was the best thing they could have done. I realized that there was so much more out there and, and how, traveling is so much fun and it's amazing and yeah the, i'm so glad they sent me to england so glad i wish i could have stayed overseas more but your only your overseas tours are only two years so you don't have long to decide if you want to stay overseas or go back stateside because you have to felt your dream sheet way earlier for the the overseas um station do stations so I wasn't sure. I'd just gotten there. I didn't know if I wanted to stay overseas. 
had no idea. So I missed that, that timing. So I ended up going back stateside to Las Vegas at Nellis after that. And like, what do you, like when you're in Vegas stationed in Vegas, what do you do? Like you just practice like war games. <laughs> it's a training base for sure. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, I can't even exercises and stuff that we have to do. So you're always gearing up for those. So we had really long, we'd had a lot of long days, 16 hour shifts. It was sucks. Um, we also had like the Thunderbirds that are stationed out of there. Well, I thought you meant the strip, uh, troop thunder from down under. No, I do have a funny story about that though. I bet so you when do. I, <laughs> when I was, uh, you know, in England, it was 18 to drink. So I got there at 18 and it was fine, whatever. Then I went to, Las Vegas and it was just a few months I had to wait and I was turning 21. Well, some girlfriends that I had at work uh, decided they were going to take me out for my 21st birthday in, in, in Las Vegas. And they were taking me to this male review show that was like Thunder from Down Under, but a little bit more. What's the word? Risque. Yeah, exactly. And I had no idea. And at first I was totally like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I don't know about this. Uh, you know, I can't. This is going to be silly. What are we doing? And we get there and we they put in like all these tickets for this raffle and we ended up winning everything. We won a calendar. We won a bottle of crystal um, pictures with them, all this stuff. It was amazing. And at the beginning of the night, I was a little bit reserved by the end of the night. They were throwing me dollars and I was screaming Whoa, over here. And I was going to town with these guys. It was, uh, there was this guy that looked like kind of like Fabio. He had long blonde hair and I loved that. I, I love long hair on dudes and I was all over him. And like, like, was he like, Hey baby, let's meet after the show. No, it wasn't like that. It was definitely, uh, messing around with him there, but that was it for sure. And I remember I had a picture with him where I was, he was on top of me. I was like touching his stomach and I had put it up in my locker at work and I worked ammo and it was a bunch of dudes and I put it up. And my supervisor was like, I think I'm going to have to ask you to, to take that down. I'm like, what? She's like, well, I've told all the guys they can't have girls up. Oh. Uh, so I can't have you. I was like, oh, well, who told you to tell them that? <laughs> you know, we were ammo. I remember we have got like coins and stuff that have girls sitting on bombs, you know? What does ammo do? We build stores, send in the flight line, and account for um, all munitions. Okay. Did you like doing that? Yeah, it was all right. I was really good at the inventory part. I definitely wasn't interested in... I'm not a mechanical person. So even though I worked some of those shops, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know a lot of what was going on in, in my Air Force career. Did you ever get close to seeing combat? I was in Iraq for four months. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that. See, this is what I mean. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. So you, like, what, what did you do? I mean, can you talk about this stuff? Sure. I was um I was deployed there with the Predators, which are the drones. I thought you meant the uh, hockey team out of Nashville. They have a hockey team called the Predators? Yeah. Harvey Weinstein, uh, <laughs> Brett Ratner, <laughs> uh, a couple roast battle comics. Yeah, and, that's uh, really cute. Oh, did I just say that? I'm sorry. I'm breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, sorry. you are. Just remember, uh, this is a 
public service announcement in the middle of inappropriate Earl. Uh, attention, uh, LA Comics, uh, 16 is not 18. We'll carry on. Yeah, that's correct. I, I, what are you talking about? Because I had no idea. Oh, I'm. Oh, wait, we're not going there. Okay. I want to know. 16 is not 18? And, or 17. Right. <laughs> so that's 16 it. 16 going on 17. A girl has to be 18. Yeah. For it to be legal. Just letting some of my fellow uh, comedy comrades know that... You know, yes, you can see a uh, 16-year-old with nice boobies, but you can't touch them. Oh, when I was in England, there was a guy that came into our shop who was married, and I can't remember the exact, but she was something like stupid, like 14 or 16 years old. He was married to her, and he was telling us, oh, I got to go. I have to pick up my my wife. And we're like, oh, okay, what's going on? So I got to pick up my wife from school. Like, oh, she's going to college? It's great. No, I have to pick her up from high school. What? What? I mean, uh, you know, just some guys can't keep it in their pants. Oh, he was a weird dude. Well, usually anyone who's sleeping with an underage girl is a weird person. But back to the Predators, uh, not the hockey team, not uh, a couple producers off of uh, Doheny and the Sunset. The who are the predators in Iraq? Predator. The predators are that's the squadron for the drones, the unmanned um, aircraft. So I was there with them because they carry at the time they only carried two Hellfire missiles. Now the bigger ones now carry I think like four, four more. They carry a lot more, but um, they carried the Hellfire missiles. So I was there to keep track of them. And do any kind of inspection or whatever on them. And it was actually really easy because there's only like one six month inspection that you do on them. Super simple. Um, so in the meantime, you know, while I'm there, I did like fire extinguishers and I helped with the, the loaders and all that stuff. Uh, do that. And we did, we got mortared. About, really? Yeah. Yeah. We got mortared like eight times in our housing area when I was there. It was crazy. It was like they had us honed in for a while. Um, one of our guys, one of our guys, got hit. He was on his way to the bathroom, but he's fine. He just had a lot of shrapnel and stuff, um, and he he walked away from that. And I remember, like a lot of the mortar action, a lot of times there was one pic. And I wish I don't know what I did with all these pictures and stuff because it was like in the between digital age and between regular camera. And I know I had bought this digital camera. I don't know. I don't know what happened to all this stuff, but, uh, one of the mortars hit in the trailer and it was an NCO. So he had uh, a two man trailer that they only had to share with one other person. And when the mortars went right through the trailer, through his bed and luckily he wasn't there, he was at work, but I mean, what are, what are the odds? So when you guys get mortared is the instant, uh, reaction other than you know safety and and and, you know take cover let's go find the person who just did this no well see i was on an army base so the air force definitely doesn't retaliate we don't really i mean they would send us on missions or whatever but as far as hand-to-hand or combat like that we don't do that so like someone mortars your guys base you guys don't have like a 
like a, not a hit squad, but like a- well, the army would fire back at them. And that was another thing that was going on when we were there is that we could see these guys setting up the mortars around the base. Really? Totally could see. Yeah, you could see them. We had them on the predators. They have the camera. We could watch them on the, the camera set up all these mortars and we tell them, but we couldn't do anything about it until they fired. So what these guys would do is put like ice uh, in the bottom of it. So by the time it melted down and fired, they were long gone. So when it fires and then, then the army can come in and fire back, but then there's nobody there. But like, do you guys have a, since it's two different branches of the military, is there like one guy calls their guy and go, Hey, we got some problems outside of camp. You guys. I mean, I'm sure that there is a way to alert, but definitely I was on an army base there. So they were there to, they were protecting us as air force. Right. Cause we don't like, we don't even carry, we had M16s, but they were in the armory. We didn't even carry those around base in Iraq. Did you ever see dead bodies? Like the enemy? No, but I did. I did take massage classes for a while, and we got to do. We went to see what are they called? Cadavers. Yeah, I saw those dead bodies. I have a uh, cadaver body part in my body. What do you mean? I have a torn ACL. Okay. And what they do is, you have two uh, options. They can. I think I might be wrong on this. They take a they can like take a part of your hamstring or or, like butt muscle or something and like somehow craft it into a new acl or you can just get a dead person's acl and they fuse it into where your acl was so that's what i have i mean but it's a dead has it always already had the formaldehyde and stuff put on it no i didn't ask it's in there now (laughs) Not sure on that one. I'll get back. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll call Doctor uh, Barry Breaker at uh, Beverly Hills Orthopedic and because uh, they put on. like all that stuff on him to keep him fresh so that we could look at all their muscles and stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure this didn't have formaldehyde on it, but right, I was I'm also wondering. sleeping oh. when they did it. <laughs> now let's get <laughs> what got you into doing comedy. I always enjoyed comedy, and I. Watched. I remember watching Def Jam all growing up, and in Vegas they gave us free tickets to see like Dennis Miller. I saw him in Vegas when he was cool. Yeah, he was cooler for sure. Turn into like a Fox News freak, right? Well, even then, I didn't know what my politics were back then. I I didn't even have a view. Who was the president back then? Bush. Bush. Who I kind of liked. He was like this. I didn't even know. I just, I remember talking to my dad and I was like, since I'm in the military now, does that mean I have to vote Republican? (laughs) I didn't know. I had no idea. I was so, I don't know. I was so lost and just young. You were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, But legal. Right. So tension LA comics. If you knew Jessica back then. I was legal. Right. I know that's probably a turnoff for some of you. You what is going on? Do we have like an underground you guys like pedophile that? rink in the comedy world? I'm not saying anything. You guys have that <laughs> taboo thrill. Uh, 
but uh, so you grew up it's like Dennis Miller was like did you like his style or it was just he was the only guy that was playing I mean well we got free tickets and, and I I thought it was cool it was like the taping of his special keep farting over there Earl god damn it um, I farting yeah you are you just farted again that was the seat <laughs> That was literally, I went like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm farting in front of you. I'm going to wait till you leave. <laughs> Class, I don't fart on this podcast. I just thought it was cool to be there. It was at, what was it? Uh, why do I keep wanting to say Little Caesars? Because I'm fat. But you know, Caesars Palace. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm guessing that Dennis Miller <laughs> didn't film his special at Little Caesars. <laughs> Off of uh, fucking Sahara and, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it was Caesar's Palace. <laughs> that would be funny if someone did a uh, special at uh, Little Caesars. Yeah, because like the ones in Florida, don't they have, they have like the old video games and stuff like Pac-Man and all that. Well, out here we have, I'm not sure about that, but I know we have uh, Chuck E. Cheese. No, no, no. This is different though. This is Why like not? more adult. Well, you know, Little- Chuck E. Cheese is for. Uh, you Where know, a kid can be a kid. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm sure comics drive by in circles. <laughs> right. Oh, what is going on in this community? I know, just a bunch of sexual. I mean, you've seen it at the comedy. Well, we're going to get into the comedy store in a second. But like, so when do you get the itch to go? Um, like when I saw Dice Clay at the Wiltern in 19, I want to say it was like 89. I believe it was 89. I was like, I remember that's when I first got the itch to want to do stand up. But you grew up in California where you got to see more so on how it was obtainable for you. Not my, really. In my mind, we didn't have theater in high school. We didn't have improv. Never even heard of that shit. Um, improv classes. None of, what? I, I thought people just saw you on the side of the street and they're like, you know what? You are funny. Come with me. You've got it. Come with me. I had no idea. I didn't even know that you just, anybody could do it. I had no idea. Oh, anyone can do it. Yeah. And this is before podcasts and all that with all this information out there telling you how to get started and open mics and this kind of stuff. I know. I, I thought people were just really fucking lucky. Had no clue. So when I moved, I moved to Sacramento to help a friend that I, I knew from the Air Force. She was going through a divorce. She said she was an alcoholic. I couldn't believe it. She was really hard to get her to drink to go out when we were in Vegas. But I get there, come to find out she's a full-blown alcoholic. So I'm there, and I'm, I'm taking care of pretty much raising her kid who was deaf. I, I didn't have the skills and everything that he needed. So after doing that, I don't know, eight months or so, I ended up having to call his dad to come pick him up. But uh, when I moved there, the first thing I did to do find something to do was look up a comedy club just to see a show. Um, and I did that, and I went to a show, and I realized you know, they advertised having improv classes and open mic, and that's when it dawned on me. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean anyone can do this? Wait a minute. This just changes everything. So I started with improv. I did classes. Uh, it wasn't too long after that, though. I did an open mic, and that was it. I was hooked. I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And 
how did that first open mic go? It felt great. I've always had good stage presence. I'm likable on stage. Well, let's not push it. (laughs) I'm very likable. Uh, (laughs) Unlike Earl. Uh, Earl has to fight his way to be liked on stage. But I like it. (laughs) You're either for me or against me. Right. And I like to have uh, the audience uh, be against me so I can turn up the juice. (laughs) No, you are very likable. You just... I. I look at you like if I'm an audience member, I'm like, I want to listen to her. Right. Not everyone is like that. I know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you're a nice person. You don't uh, look like your typical Cal, you know, girl doing comedy. Right. It's true. uh, And and there's nothing wrong with like, I don't know, looking like an Instagram broad, but like you're, you're almost like a female version of me. Like from the yeah. standpoint of like I'm a weird looking dude. Like yeah. I don't fit really um the I'm not like a great looking dude like Matt Broussard, but I'm not completely uh I'm not a complete fucking gargoyle either. It, you know, I, I would say you're the same, like you you don't I'm not a full Kate Quigley. Right. And that's Kate's awesome. Like Yeah, she's, she's beautiful uh, and she's hilarious. But you're not also like uh you know, a you know, an Oompa Loompa either. So it's like, okay, <laughs> okay like, you know, what, what, I, this is different. I want to, I want to listen to this. Right. Like, yeah. I have a different look about me. Yeah. Which it pays in comedy to have. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, cause I think if you're just a stand and like Matt Broussard is very, very, he's incredibly funny. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of people who look like him. who's just, Oh, you're just a good looking dude. Right. And I get, I do get sick of seeing even the guys that are like, Maybe not gorgeous, but they're they're good looking. They wear the plaid shirts and jeans, and they go up there and they all sound the same. They have that same cadence, and I want to shoot them. To me, John Mulaney has that look, but he has such a different voice that it counteracts. Well, he's so funny, like right. He's so funny, but it counteracts his voice, counteracts his look. Yeah, in my for me. Because when you first look at him, you're you're like, oh, standard white guy comic. Christian Bale, American Psycho, like that good looking, like stockbroker. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I love like. But he has a unique voice that doesn't sound like every other comic that looks like that. Yeah, and he doesn't. I mean, you know, in one sense, there's only so many things we can talk about. Like, right. You know, uh, like everyone's going to at some point talk about the same stuff. Oh, yeah. To a degree. Everything's been talked about in one fashion or another. You just have to find your point of view on it. Yeah, but, like, you have an interesting, like, you know, you could talk about being in the military. Uh, You know, I could talk about, you know, maybe growing up in a somewhat affluent background, which not a lot of comics can say. So it's just trying to, like, find your niche in terms of subject matter and not trying to sound like everyone else. I never thought about this, but... There's probably far less comics that grew up affluent. Well, I mean, than poor. Well, well, I mean, uh, so you should be in a smaller bracket. Well, but it's tough. I'm saying you should be a lot more successful than you are. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's great, Earl. I mean, if roast battle only (laughs) happened in the early 2000s, uh, well, but I mean, uh, 
but it's like it's a different uh take on things like right. you know most comics you know you know when you even russell peters grew up not not the, the wealthiest uh dude right which is crazy you know you see him pull up to the comedy store in like a car that's you know worth most he's, people's homes he's got so much money but he's earned it like you know and and but like you know delia came from a yeah, semi uh you know, uh, affluent background, but his work ethic is uh, like, he, he's the hardest working person I've ever seen. Like, oh yeah. I agree. I love uh, Chris. And I think, uh, his special is one of the best on Netflix. Yeah. Well, the Man he, on Fire. Yeah. he could so like good. just rest on his, you know, laurels and just probably just pay people to write his next special for him and just do it and perform it. But like, you know, even seeing him, you know, we go to the same gym, and like whenever he's preparing for a movie or something or a new TV show, it's like he's like like his workouts are crazy. So and you know I used, I met him at an open mic. You did? Yeah, he didn't tell me who he was. He just said, "Hey, I'm Chris." I'm like, "Hey, I'm Earl." We just sat in the back and waited till we both went on. But you think hey, it was the two richest guys in comedy next to each other at an open mic? <laughs> Just being regular dudes. Yeah, just being regular guys, fending off women. You I both mean, don't drink. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we have a lot in common except success. <laughs> yeah, you have a successful podcast. Well, I'm, I, I just hack into iTunes, you know, that's, that's all I do. and SoundCloud. How right. dare you people with 12 followers with 10,000 listens? You, you shameless charlatans. Charlatans. I'm calling people out. <laughs> I'm watching that on Hulu. The uh, the Harlots. Have you seen that? I only watch Seriously? one show on Hulu. Oh, what is that? Bosch. I don't watch that. It's a great show. It's one of my favorite character actors by the name of uh, Titus Welliver. He, he he ever he's that typical like you see him in a million things you don't know his name but oh that guy um, he's plays a a, a dirty cop. Okay. Yeah, he's a very good actor, so he makes it work. Like the, that topic has been played out, dirty cops, but he's, he's <laughs> you know, he's very good. But uh, what what's the show you watch on Hulu? It's called Harlots. And what's it about? It's about harlots. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what harlots are. Uh, prostitutes from back in the day. Oh, then I do like know what they are. 1800s or what, 60? I don't know what the time frame is but they wear like those dresses with the big bustiers and they have um the wi oh when was the wig when were the white wigs that's big? back in like the george washington yeah era. so back then okay well then i don't know uh in know. england i mean i've been to a, i procure the services once or twice right well and it's like digging deep in 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 exploring all of their backgrounds it's really i really like it I mean, the last time I was with a prostitute, she asked me if I wanted the GFE. You know, Girlfriend that, experience. Yeah, I was like, what the hell do I want that for? I want the right. prostitute experience. That's what you're buying. What, are you going to cheat on me too, you bitch? You I'm would get kidding. an escort if you wanted the girlfriend experience. You don't have to tell right. me about the ins and outs of the escort world. When I got to open this fancy water. Uh, but uh, I buy all my guest bottles of water because it's so fucking hot in my house. Uh, I was telling Jessica Jay Hollingsworth almost had a coronary in my house. So let's get back. To, uh, let's get back on track. <laughs> it's not here. as bad as I thought. Hey, you know, I, I do my best to make my guests comfortable. I make guests come to me. So I, um, 
you know, unfortunately, I uh, it, you have to uh, make your guests feel comfortable. Yeah, sweat through it. Uh, so you you see Dennis Miller, you go you go to Sacramento, you, you get the itch from doing the uh, the mic scene at the was it the punchline? No, it was uh, the comedy spot. That's why I have the tattoo. Okay, that's their logo. Uh, is it still there? Yeah, it's great. I love the comedy spot. And you then, what's the next step? You know, because it's not like in you know in Los Angeles. Well, uh, I went like fucking head first, dove right into the comedy spot. I was all about that place. I was doing classes, shows, mics, all that there. So much so that I ended up uh, becoming really good friends with the owner, and I became like I was managing the place, and I was like his right hand oh. person, and running the bar and all of that. Which was amazing. I loved it. I love that place. I love him. Uh, great people. The only thing is, is that because of that, I wasn't hitting mics like I could have been. Like when I first started, before I started really managing the comedy spot, I was miking it all the time. And that's because I was brand new. So I was hitting every bar, all this, all these mics. But then I started managing there and that stopped. Is you know because I got just I was there every night I was there every night, so I didn't do a lot of shows at the Punchline or anywhere or even the uh, Last Unlimited uh, because of that. So whenever I just out of the blue I came to Brian Crawl, which is the owner, and I was like, I'm I'm moving to L.A. It's like what? Where is this coming from? It's just. I love comedy and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be on TV. Uh, I want to do stand up. And I said, I even said, I know I, I told him this, I said, you know, and I'll probably get a job at the comedy store or something part time, having no clue how hard it was to get a job at the comedy store. Guy or girl. Guy dumb. or girl. Yeah. I had no fucking clue. And I just said that. And he was like, okay, well, I respect your decision. Of course, I'm going to miss you. So went for it, came here. And as many, many people say when they move to LA, how they don't get as much stage time. For me, it was the opposite because I was at the comedy spot all the time. When I moved here, I had the freedom to do all the different mics and all the different shows all the time that I was getting more stage time, even though they were smaller sets. Right. So... You know, and then I found out how hard it was to get a job at a comedy at the comedy store. Because in the new regime, uh, and I'm talking anything after Tommy, the right. old talent booker, who would he would hire people who would like give him weed. He would give him like <laughs> hire and pass people who you know hooked him up in the music field. You know, the new regime is uh, you know I don't think a lot of people know this, but all the door people. Are comics, uh, even some of the cover booth people are, are comics. So you have to audition. You have to be funny to get hired there. Yep, I did have to audition in front of Adam before I got the job. Like in the Tommy era, you don't have to be funny necessarily, right? So uh, that's so we have some that are grandfathered in. <laughs> we're not gonna. Uh, we're not gonna. Get uh, but, you know, that's, you know, I think people think at the comedy store and the, I know at the improv, they're kind of switching their, how they Are hire they? people. They well, I think they're. Uh, but they don't give, because I'm hearing 
people that wait tables there and they're like, great, I'm working at a comedy club. This is amazing. But they don't put me on stage ever. Well, I think uh, a lot of the door people or just servers, uh, they're definitely funnier than some of the people who used to work there. Like, right. They're, I think they're taking the store's lead and going, okay, you're going to work here because you're a comic and you want to do our mic and get in on, on some of the shows. You're, you're going to have to step up your game comedy-wise. Oh, good. I don't know what the hell the Laugh Factory's doing, but like, you know, as long as you're an Instagram model. You, I'll you tell gotta, you what, I did that mic twice. That's horrible. And I said, that's enough. Because it was the time where you have to go a week before on the Tuesday and stand in line for four or five hours and wait so that you can be one of the 15 to sign up. And then you don't even get up that night. You have to come back the next week. I went in and I know I did the first time uh, Jamie was there and I had a, I had a really good set and it was only three minutes, but I had a good set. And he said, okay, one person's getting through to the next round. Everybody looked at me. I'm not even trying. I'm not trying to brag. Everyone looked at me and they were like, hands down, it's got to be you. The person he picked was a very nice guy. He's a very, very nice guy. He's this Asian guy that had only been doing comedy for one year at Flappers. Oh, watch out. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? And what what is happening here? Because I mean, from what I hear, he also he likes he likes uh, people of color, which is great, and Asian uh, Americans and Asians, which is terrific. But also, I had the best set that night. How is that? I mean, if you really like him, then you would have said two people got through. Plus, he'd only been doing comedy a year at Flappers. He wasn't ready. What's Flappers? I've never heard of it. Flappers in fucking Burbank? Yeah. You never been there? If that, uh, Are you serious? If they had a comedy show in the forest, would anybody hear it? <laughs> they sure? Man, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I, I banned myself from Flappers. They're getting bigger names and stuff, but uh, these small shows are definitely, um, at the moment anyway, are all like just bringer shows. I mean, I'll give them this. They've kept it in business for a while. I don't know how the hell they've managed to have that place and Claremont, which is their sister club, which is, uh, you know, a, a kind of a wacky L.A. suburb. Uh, and their main room is, is really fun, and it's a great setup. It's a great setup, but when you've got uh, an owner who bombs routinely giving you comedy advice... You know, it's I get it. It's his club. Yeah, it's his club. But, you know. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, but hey. And they, they booked me in their Claremont location, which I had been wanting to do. Uh, but they didn't notify me at all. They just, and then all of a sudden they call me the night of. And they're like, are you on your way? Where are you? I was like, excuse me? I'm like, I'm at work at the comedy store. I was like, well, we have you booked here in Claremont tonight. I was like, well, you didn't send me one of your Six page agreements. Uh, agreements right. That, that, uh. <laughs> I love flappers. They send you a six-page agreement, and then at the bottom of the last page, it says no compensation. Yeah. That, <laughs> which is fine, but the, we could just cover this in one page. Right. <laughs> you're not getting paid, and you're doing time. Anyway, I don't know. I moved out here. 
So you moved out here. You do a lot of time at the mics, and 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 the Laugh Factory wasn't your thing. Uh, nope. And I found out about uh, Tammy Joe. I did one of her shows. I scraped together three people to go to one of, to do well, one of her shows. It's not enough for Tammy. Luckily, it was a slow night, so she took what she could get. And then, um, and this is the one when she did at uh, the taco place. Malo. Yeah. And I had a good set. And then I found out she did shows at the comedy store. So I just started showing up to her shows and like, hey, is there any, can I help out? Is there anything I can do? She's like, you want to help? I'm like, yeah, please. Before you know it, then I was uh, helping her for stage time. Now, for those of you who are like, well, who's Tammy Joe? I love her. She's like a, um, she's a paid promoter. Uh, yeah. Which is essentially, uh, if you have 10 friends, you get booked on the show. Um, but I will say this. Her shows are the best, in my opinion. Uh, of bringer shows. Uh, of bringer yes. shows. Uh, because you have other bringer show promoters who literally will put up a homeless person. Right. They, if they can i mean i'm not kidding like no uh, you're not kidding at all so tammy will in addition to some bringer show comics she will uh have like say someone like eleanor kerrigan oh yeah she's got she puts uh, on eleanor and felicia michaels felicia uh, yeah you know uh, myself have done a few yeah Uh, so she makes sure the quality of the show is better than what you would find in most other bringer paid promoter shows Yes. And she has a Saturday slot at the comedy store every Saturday. That's packed. That's packed. So me helping her doing that show was amazing. Not only was I getting stage time, also the people at the comedy store was were getting to see me every Saturday. So that helped out a ton. And I was not shy about saying I would like a job here. I'd love to have a job here. Hey, are you guys hiring? I would love to work here. I wasn't shy about telling anybody that. And I remember... Fury, because Fury started in Sacramento, so I knew him from from there. Stephen Fury, great comic, uh, Sacramento uh, area man, comedy store door guy. Yeah, great dude. And I remember him telling me, "I was like, well, so what? What do I got to do?" He's like, "I don't know what to tell you, man. They just they don't hire women." I was like, "Okay, well, we'll see." Well, they would hire them as cover booth girls or cover booth people, right? Uh, but. Uh, door guys it was uh you know in fairness uh, i would say i don't know if any girl ever asked to be a door guy that i know of I, don't you think somebody would have that seems crazy to me no because i do know of one girl that was wanting to do it that was upset when i got it so let's say that who was she not saying i can't well what a shock that someone you're would, not telling me the molester i'm not gonna tell you i'm not saying first of all it's molesters <laughs> it's, it's if you think there's just one molester in la comedy then you probably think the earth is flat i'll send you to eddie bravo's house <laughs> okay he's I a flat earth guys yeah that's crazy to me i didn't know there was multiple oh my god i mean I, listen i could do a six-part uh, expose on the sexual perverts and uh, L.A. comedy and have enough for three more episodes. <laughs> I bet. The way you risk crackered a girl. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that wasn't... That was not... Uh, that was before. She it wasn't comedy. It. Yeah, she, she wanted And she was it. in it was... her 30s. Right. See, there's a thing in uh, life 
and, but that I'm saying I, that just makes it easier for me to believe that you would know the freaks. Oh, I like to live uh, life close to the flame. Right. You know, I have a very wide array of friends from uh, prostitutes to billionaires. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I have one love in my life, and that is a very attractive woman, and her name is Comedy. Oh. But there's also one rule in my life, and it's a law. It's in California. It's in most states. Um, and it's called the age of consent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even because I mean, you like to date them young. You now, like to date them hella young. That is a mistruth. <laughs> that is a mistruth. I will say that right now. That you date one young female. And you're labeled, uh, you know, I, I've never, uh, outside of one person in particular, uh -huh. uh, I've never dated a girl much younger than me. Of course, I'll be 50 in September. So pretty much any girl I'm going to date at this juncture will be younger than me. Uh, but in that particular case, uh, uh, you know, I would say that I, you know, we just she wasn't even 21, right? No, but we were, you know, we were. <laughs> Well, I should write an article about you. Like, uh, well, go ahead. No, she's uh, legal. I'm not gonna, but I'm gonna give you a shit about it. But it's not, um, but you know, you've it's nothing that you're doing is illegal at all. I don't understand why they went after Dane Cook. Well, here's the thing like, uh, I know David Cross also, uh, is dating someone, uh, much younger than I mean, it was about the same age difference as my situation. Uh, I think that, um, in theory, uh, you go, Jesus Christ, that's... Uh, and we never locked up, what's his name, Woody Allen? Yeah, but that was his fucking stepchild. That that's, was his kid. It's a little different than my I mean, situation. I know, I'm just saying that we didn't even lock him up. Well, I don't mind a big age difference uh, from the standpoint of, you know, if you vibe with someone and you, uh, you wouldn't think you would have much in common with someone uh that much younger than you uh but uh sometimes it happens you know not often but uh you know uh i think that uh you know all in my particular case all i'm around are comics right i'm not around lawyers and doctors and so yeah, i date I'm just gonna come out the wrong way, but I date what's in front of me. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I, you know, if I'm hanging out with, you know, a bunch of comics in their mid 30s, and I'm, I'm probably gonna end up dating one of them. Uh, but with Roast Battle, you know, for a four year run, I was up there every Tuesday, and, uh, you know, you just, I, I started like, okay, you know, I'm around this person or people, you know, here's my group of girls that I'm, you know, it's my my circle of uh, selection is is this group? So it just happened. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard that, ladies. All you got to do is get into Earl's circle of selection, <laughs> and then you'll be in my circle of erection. <laughs> but I mean, like you, uh, like um, like I think you should date who you date. 
Like, like yeah, you are, no. I mean, that makes no sense. I think you should, you know, if you buy, you know, I know there's the old, uh, don't shit where you eat. Don't play ball in the house. Now, see, I don't even necessarily agree with that because comics are such a unique breed that a lot of times it's really hard to connect with or for somebody outside of comedy to understand where you're coming from. 100%. You have a job that has such odd hours and you talk crude and you do crazy shit that people that are not in this business don't understand and they may not get. And it's just, we're such usually very damaged people. Oh yeah. And when you meet another comic, they're usually damaged and you can relate there and you understand one another. Um, that you you won't have with other people. So I, I understand why comics connect. I mean, I see both sides of it. Uh, you know, in one sense, we're the only group that can date each other because for the reasons you just said, and then, uh, but I also, in my particular case, uh, really with the last three girlfriends I've had, which have all been comics, last three serious girlfriends, uh, I think the male comics get so competitive and such an alpha male. I don't know what it's like with female comics, but like, it's like, well, she's fucking Earl. She'll fuck me. You know, I mean, that's literally their school of thought. Uh, and it's like, first of all, no, she won't. Right. Because much like your comedy, your dicks can't follow me. <laughs> anyway, uh, but like, it, like, do you delve into the comedy uh because i don't know who you date because i don't know a i lot. haven't dated in um since i've been in la three years but do you like fool around i mean i'm not like no i haven't had sex i had sex on new year's like two years ago it's horrible isn't it no i mean you know it's like i don't think i mean sex is great but like was it with a comic <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, but it, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I've slept with a lot of comics, but well, it's just that you have a a creative connection that's hard to beat. You know, when you're when you're talking to other people, and I and I look at them like, why are you doing that? You're not even doing that for a laugh or to be funny. Why are you doing that? I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, and half the time, they like to take life too serious. Come on, just simmer down. Yeah, I mean, because it's uh, like all we are around are other comics. Like, it's so... I mean, the audience members are doctors and lawyers and uh, graphic designers. and uh, But, like, they're with a other group of people. Like, no girl comes to the comedy store alone. <laughs> so no, but I am saying more and more... Uh, a couple of women coming alone and uh, just small, like one or two women together or two or three women. I do see a lot of two coming to shows, which I think is awesome because I don't think that happened as much before. Well, I mean, that's back when the comedy store was, uh, you know, uh, it was like the Wild West. I mean, that's back when all the rooms were open and it was uh, had the vibe of the studs theater at four in the morning. You know, it was when in Rome, and trust me, at the comedy store back in the day, you were in Rome. 
Uh, right. Uh, and there was no cameras around. So it was, you know, it like, was all anything goes. You know, now there's only one spot in the whole club where there's no cameras. And some nights you got to take a deli ticket number to reserve a spot in that. I mean, where is I don't even know where that's. I'll at. tell you off air. I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't indulge in that area, but like I know where I it is. I remember when I first started working there, I, I walked in to the men's bathroom on somebody or in the women's bathroom because I was going to the women women's bathroom in the main room. I won't say who, but I was like, oh. I could probably guess, but there was no cameras. Back no, there. and it was completely dark. So and then I just turned my flashlight on. It was like it was like catching two deer in headlights. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember. <laughs> Like back in the day, you know, they would call it tours. Uh, you know, oh, uh, where's uh, so-and-so? He's on a tour right now. And, <laughs> and so you'd go in the main room, which was completely pitch black dark. And, you know, the main room's a big, big room. Yeah. I mean, what is that seat, 400? Yeah, almost 400, like 380. So, you know, you can imagine a 380-seat room in the dark. There's lots of nooks and crannies, and it's a dark, dark like right. And it's an old place, so it's got lots of little coves and rooms and things that they wouldn't build these days. You know yeah. what I mean? Little hidey holes and like I could turn the lights off in this my condo right now, and it you could still see around. Like uh, in in the comedy store main room, when the the lights are off, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Mm -mm. So you'd go in there with a girl, you'd sit down in the booth and you'd hear like, Hey Earl, can you move down? <laughs> you know, like, Oh, sorry. My bad, Jim. Uh, and then you'd move down and then, Hey Earl, I'm over here. Uh, I don't think anyone's, uh, by the green room in the main room. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then you'd go back there and like, uh, I remember one night I was, making out with a girl the main room uh, uh backstage area was was locked and for whatever cuz someone was in there oh yeah i'm making out with this girl and all of a sudden i turn around and heart the bartender is like an inch from me i'm like what are you <laughs> what are you doing dude uh so but uh you know point is cuz when i tell people all i'm around are comics they're like well, why don't you date an audience member like, you know, because they're a, like <sighs> a student or whatever. But it's like, well, they're never really one-on-one. -on -one. You can't get to them one-on-one -on -one to say, hey, here's my number. Let's go, I don't know, to a movie or whatever. Uh, so, I, you know. Right. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I just and I, and I do think that, that men have more uh, groupies, female comedy groupies than women. Like, men... Women, if they find you funny, all of a sudden, oh my god, I, we love this guy. Let's meet him. Let's get to, let's have sex. But I think women have just as many groupies. But uh, I think it it depends on the woman. I mean, I don't know too many women who would come off like they're inviting interaction with male fans. Like I don't picture Eliza. I don't picture someone looking at Eliza going, "Hey, I'm going to try and." you know whatever with her tonight because she's a very strong you know uh, woman like uh i think she sends out that vibe of if i want to sleep with you i'll go to you i mean she's married but like All right uh, same thing with like uh you know uh, whitney cummings sure you know? i don't think too many guys view her as attainable right uh, natasha um and right Sarah but that Tiana. doesn't keep them from like the, the comments and shit this is something that happened recently 
Earl. So, you know, I do my, my podcast, The Liars Club. Yes. We had. Where can people find that? Uh, the Liars Club. I've done it. It's on um, iTunes and Stitcher. Stitcher. Is it on Stitcher yet? I know he's either it's on Stitcher or he's working on it. Um, we're also SoundCloud, YouTube, all of that. The Liars, so Liars Club. Club with uh, Felicia Jessica, Michaels. Felicia Michaels. It's a really funny podcast where you tell two stories. One is a lie. One isn't. And then Felicia and Jessica try and figure out which one. So please check that out at your leisure. Yes, thank you. It's very fun, and uh, thank you for that. But we're doing the podcast, and Kate, we have Kate Quigley on. We've been dying to have her on. Felicia's so excited because Felicia Felicia likes to get a little dirty too. My little my little dirty co-host. So she's excited, and we end up on this conversation, and we're talking about sex and periods and whatever. It comes up. This is what we use. Felicia uses for the little blurb that we send out, the little teaser. So we use that and, and Kate posts it and we post it. And, um, the guy that runs Joey Diaz's account posts it because he does our artwork. Is that Lee Syatt? I don't think it's, no, it's Michael, Michael clean Klein. Um, we've had Lee on our podcast, but it's Michael. Then he posts it out because he does our artwork as well. I think I'm getting that right. Maybe I'm getting that backwards, but I think Michael, I know Michael is the one that does our artwork and maybe, okay. Anyway, whoever does is they post it out for us and all these comments are coming back and talking about, Oh, what a lady. Ew, this is disgusting. What the fuck? Oh, what a dirty mouth. And I'm like, you're fucking Joey Diaz fans. What the fuck? Just because she's a woman saying the same kind of shit that Joey Diaz would say, that uh, it's not ladylike and it, and it's disgusting. Fuck you. Well, I think men, uh, male fans, uh, and of course you can't. It's a general statement. It's not every single one. Uh, I think they're intimidated by women who talk about sexuality and. You, you know like women like to get fucked too right so i think you know a guy talks about it it's cool but women talks about oh she's a whore uh that, and i think that's got to change and there's the comments that they put on there that they would never put on joey diaz's well let me feed. tell you if i, I can, mean i'm sure uh, you get some but i would not read the comments if i were you i know i have a hard time not reading them so far i don't i mean after my experience reading reddit my reddit reviews of uh roast battle oh god uh, i mean that's a little hardcore because roast battle fans are like very passionate and right you know if you beat someone they want to see when it's like this guy sucks or girl sucks uh yeah because that's a whole that's that's a whole subculture yeah. but reddit is, in and of itself is pretty like aggressive with their comments and i'm sure i could talk about pussy on reddit like this guy's cool and the, but you could talk about getting fucked pardon my language and oh she's oh that's nasty what's this fat whore talking about nobody wants to sleep with this fat bitch well first of all you're not fat no but this is i am fat. but that probably would be said on reddit that would be absolutely said and and i don't so understand because Ugh, it's just men that are my same stature everything could say the exact same thing that i would say they would love it but that's just the way it is well it's not right not anymore we'll see earl we'll see i mean listen uh i think all it takes is a few more strong female comics sean Pulaski, 
Right. Uh, by the way, go. Uh, I like to plug all my friends' projects. Sean Pulaski's stand-up special is it's on Amazon. Streamable now. Uh, stretch it out. I think you can buy it on iTunes on Friday. Uh, so please uh, support Sean. She's a homie. Um, and but yeah, I mean it, it's. But I've always found that to be a double standard. It is know, uh, with men and well, but hopefully it changes. I think we're getting uh, more into treating women the same as men in terms of, uh, you know, I think Roseanne was. Uh, she con- was. I mean, she's crazy now, but I mean, she's gone off the rails now. But I mean, she was like one of the first, uh, I think, female comics to be like, I'm going to talk about dude stuff, but I'm a woman like, uh, you know, I mean, I know there's many female comics before her, Elaine Boozler and Rita Rudner and like, you know, Rita Rudner was kind of a, talked about sex a, a fair amount. I don't um, even talk about it that much, but I mean, if, if it comes up on our podcast, I have no problem jumping in or, or whatnot. My standup is not even sex oriented, but I have no, if anybody wants to talk, I guess it just wasn't because of that. It had not been so apparent to me on what a double standard it was until I saw the comments on Kate's. But even Kate Quigley gets a lot of uh, wacky comments. Uh, she, oh, yeah. Because she uh, is very, um, I don't want to say flaunts, because she puts it out there, her body, in terms of like, you know. Uh, right. You know, I do the same thing. Like, you know. Right. You know, I just figure I want to grab people's attention. There's so many podcasts. There's so many comics out there. Uh, if I ever had a comedy billboard. Uh, you know, for a special or a show I was on, I literally would want it to be of my dick pic there and then the, the logo of the network covering up my weenie. <laughs> people, I guarantee you, people would watch it. Just go, I'm going to give this special a minute. Right. Uh, and know. I've done strip prop, which is so much fun. Where, so, uh, what was that? At the comedy spot in Sacramento. So what they do is it's like a, what do you call it whenever you play cards and you strip Charades? strip poker like okay. strip poker you know so you you're up there and you have your clothing on and every 5 minutes the clock goes off and every 5 minutes you have to lose a piece of clothing okay um if you ask a question and when you're in a scene you have to lose a piece of clothing and if you lose a piece of clothing in the scene like during the the timer or whenever if you ask a question and you don't justify if you're in the scene and you don't justify why you're taking that piece of clothing off in the scene, you have to lose another piece of clothing. So these are all the rules for strip prov. And I had been wanting to do it for so long. And Oh, Jessica's getting a phone call. I don't know why Damar. Damar, we did this um, movie, so I don't know what he wants, but I'll, I'll hit him in a minute. Um, well, thank you for... Uh Putting Demar on hold for this podcast. For you, he's got great lips, though, doesn't Demar? You know, if you really want it, <laughs> you know, when you're starting to look for a way to end the podcast, talking about <laughs> Demar Randy's lips might be the five minute light. <laughs> when you're at the point of a podcast where you're talking about Demar Randy, a very funny comic, but when you're talking about his lips, it might be time to go. Jessica, where can people find you on social media? <laughs> okay. No, I'm well, just kidding. Anyway, I've been naked on stage. I've been naked in saran wrap on stage. 
I was, but I've been wanting to do strip prop for so long and, um, and Brian had not let me. And finally that year they were going to let me do it probably because I was a bigger girl, whatever. I was like, I want to fucking do it. So they finally let me do it. And I was so excited because the burlesque girls gave me the tassels, the tassels. And they taught me how to, uh, to make them spin. And for girls with big boobs, it's actually really easy. Um, and I was, I was so excited to do it. So when we got up there and I thought we were running out of time and it was still really early. But the, so the first thing I did was take off my shirt and end up with just the, the tassels and then making them spin right away. So then I had to finish the rest of the show just shirtless and these tassels. And I was still wearing, I had, I wore these hats. I wore like a really super tiny one and then a one above that. So I had all these hats on and I kept taking them off and people were like, why the fuck she lose her shirt so early? She had all those hats on. I was just really excited to get down to the tassels, and I wanted to make sure that happened. You you just said, you know, you were like Weezer the other night when I saw them in concert. They started with Buddy Holly. They said, we're yeah. going to go to the hits right out of the shoot. Let me see. I'm going to have to show you the photo now. Well, send it to me, and we'll post it on uh, nothing like a... Uh, audio podcast when people are looking at video uh, or the photos on oh, an audio podcast true. so let's get to uh uh what what's next for jessica wellington what's next uh tomorrow i have a show at the ice house it's called comedy pile up and this is the first time we're trying it there i've done it twice at the comedy store and it went really well and what's the thing what's like the deal if you're in the uh pasadena area tomorrow night at the ice house it's like the top comedy club in that part of the uh the woods if you will um it's it's, you know a lot of people who are i don't want to say too lazy but they they don't want to make the drive over to the store the factory it's like their local club and i think it it i like the look of the ice house it feels very cool and updated even though it's been there so long oh it's i mean bob fisher's the owner and he's very much like a a male mitzi if you will like Mm -hmm. uh no nothing goes on without him knowing about it and uh he's uh he runs a first class operation so your show's there tomorrow night yes and it's half improv half stand-up so we have stand-ups go up and then the the improvisers do scenes inspired by their sets it's really fun you almost it's almost like literally seeing the stand-up set come to life right and the beauty of it is i don't get just any improv troupe because there's plenty out here in los angeles with this show and the way it runs because it's been done before you have to get the best of the best improvisers because they make or break the show. Sure. I mean, they're the, they're the headlining act. I mean, once, even if I, I had at the store, I had Theo Vaughn and Moshe Kasher. That's great. But the improvisers closed out the show. Because, because they're improving on what Theo and Moshe are joking about. Right. Which is even a more, I mean, they're both amazing comics. So you would have to have, amazing exactly uh, you know i did a show like that for stephen randolph the legend of stephen randolph yeah and uh i was kind of a dick because all i did was jokes about uh the gay sex i've seen in the steam room uh (laughs) so this poor improv group had to act out those scenes and i don't think they were happy (laughs) well see and if you get really good um improvisers the beauty of is they don't necessarily have to do exactly what you said in your stand-up is they might just take an inf- inspiration off of that and then it bounces them into something totally different. Uh, absolutely. Now, I, before I let you go, I want to ask you, you open up for a lot of uh, big name comics. I'm trying. Uh, well, yeah, but you like, uh, I think the two I'm most familiar with that you do is uh, 
Eliza mm-hmm. and uh, Burt Kreischer. Yep. And like they, I don't think you and could. And Whitney pick. Cummings. Okay, Whitney. Whitney's awesome. I, I started, Whitney's so nice. I started with Whitney. I should have uh, followed her lead a little more. But because uh, <laughs> she, in this, I tell this to all young comics, and I don't mean age-wise, but just young in the game. Uh, you know, like when we would be at open mics, she would be like, let's go right. And then there'd be another group that would be like, let's go to Jerry's. And then I, I would go to Jerry's. So uh, don't go she to Jerry's. fucked up, Earl. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, she's, uh, yeah, I, I would say I did, to be honest with you. But uh, but I wouldn't, uh, well, I was going to go with Eliza and Bert. But, you know, I would say Whitney and Eliza's crowd might be, somewhat similar but like Bert's crowds right. are wild men like uh, I still have to, as much fun as I have had with uh, Eliza um opening shows and doing shows with her and with Whitney I still have to say that the funnest show I ever did was when I did a guest spot with Bert in Alabama Birmingham Alabama so much fun Is it because his crowds are wilder Maybe, and I had a, like I had a feeling that people in Alabama would like me because you got that Southern drawl, right? But it they loved me, and it was so fun. And what a what a, it was just a awesome room because it has those seats at the start on that like go up, right? And I remember the club owner was talking to me beforehand because I don't think he thought I was going to do very well, so he was telling me, you know, this is different than in the store. It's even bigger than the main room. The ceilings are even higher. The laughs don't necessarily carry. You're not going to, you might not hear it as much. So you might not think you're getting a laugh, but, but you are. Je- this is an inappropriate Earl first. <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> who, who I'm on the podcast with right now, just texted me. <laughs> It's, I usually don't get texts when I'm <laughs> interviewing said guests. And uh, well, I wanted to make sure you got that photo. Well, I certainly got it. Uh, <laughs> can I post this as the picture for sure. the podcast? Okay. Uh, I might jack off to it later as well. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, do you prepare differently? Like, you know, I, I would say Eliza and Whitney's crowds are more um, almost like dinner theater. Like, they're there. Surprisingly, no. I mean, I mean, they're fun. There's I, not like a difference. I mean, I'm, and I'm not zinging. Uh, no, because I was so surprised too. I didn't know that. Like, when I first started uh, doing shows with Eliza, it blew my mind and how much they really liked me because I thought, what am I going to say to these girls? It's mostly, it's a lot of women and and it's pretty women. And she talks about pretty women problems and issues and funny things. And, and I'm like, how, how are they going to relate to me? Or even some of the older women, a lot of times will come up to me and it always blows my mind still. And they're like, we loved you. I'm like, really? Thank you. Cause I think they relate to you more, but I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't think that they would relate with me. Well, I think that, uh, I mean, you're a very pretty woman. You're being too kind. But you are. Uh, You know, I guess it would be like if I opened up for Matt Broussard. Okay. Literally, I would. (laughs) 
right. Just to get ahead in the business. Uh, maybe I'd get back on roast battle. Oh, oh did I just go there? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You mean because she's so pretty? Well, Matt Broussard, like it is actually, a, I, like I'm assuming his fan base is probably incredibly uh, hot girls and, and uh, you know, uh, pretty good looking dudes, but no one's going to be as good looking as him. So right. they're going to look at me and go, we relate more to this guy. Maybe so. So it draws them closer uh, to me and you. Like they find us more attainable, not to hook up with, but to like relate to like their lives. And okay, Earl right. probably has problems picking up women. I don't. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> well, and I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying, you know, I don't know. Like Eliza is so funny too. She's so quick. I thought, how am I going to compete with that she's so fast and does character stuff that i don't do and i thought how in the hell just gonna do your thing you know right. and, but really the opener is uh there to warm them up yeah i mean you know it, it's really uh i mean obviously you want to be funny like you know it's right. like when i was opening up for rob schneider i wanted to kill but you're literally like the Chinese guy going on before the black guy in a gangbang. <laughs> and it's a joke I do on stage, but it, it's, I don't think there's a truer, uh, analogy. Yeah. I mean, a Chinese guy ain't going to compete with a brother in a porno, but he's just there to warm up the girl, get her going. And then let Lexington steal hammer and let him take it home. And you know, well, yeah. And that's who they're there to see. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So it, it's, uh, but it never it it never gets old when you have that those people that come out and they're like, you know, we expected them to have openers and whatever, but you were really good. We didn't we didn't expect you to be so good. I don't know. Maybe they had low expectations, but well, I do. Like when I go to a con <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I go to a concert, uh, I'm there to see Kiss or I'm there to see Weezer. Yeah, but then when the opening band's really good too, you're like, fuck. It's tough. I'm tough on the opening bands because it's like I'm not really listening. I mean, I'm there because I don't want to miss anything from the. See, you're. That's exactly what people do to us. You need to stop doing that, Earl. But I, I, I'm being honest. Like you know, when I right. saw. Uh, the other what last two shows I've been I saw the Pixies open up for Weezer. Now I know the Pixies are a big. Band, They're bigger, yeah. Uh, but like I, you know, I I was listening to the Pixies, but I'm like, I want Weezer. I want Weezer. Come, on, I want to hear Buddy Holly. I want to hear the Sweater Song. So, uh, but but I get it. Like uh, you know, when, whenever I opened up for Rob or whoever, whatever bigger name comic, you know, I would look out in the crowd and go, listen, I go to concerts. I know what you guys are thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh. What is other than your show tomorrow night at the Ice House in Pasadena? What time does it start? 8.30. And tickets are available still? Yeah, you can actually get free tickets on Eventbrite if you go on there. So they go on Eventbrite, and what do they look up? The Comedy Pileup. Comedy Pileup. Go on Eventbrite. It's free. I mean, literally. Yeah, we got Sam Tripoli and Punky Johnson that are going to be like the headliner acts. I love Punky. Be, and, love, not, and Felicia, too. She should be headlining, too. Triple E's awesome. I mean, it's basically an all-headliner show. Yeah. It's for free. I mean, you literally can't ask for can't anything more. Right. To, you would have to pay if this was a... Well, pay. because I know that stand-up audiences are not... They're kind of weary about the improv. So, you know what? I'm saying, give us a chance. Let me show you. You're going to get great stand-up no matter what. So, come for that, if nothing else. And then 
see if you like the improv too. And then what's uh, what other shows you got coming up? Any TV things? Any uh, comedy opening up for anyone? I'm going to be opening for Whitney in Denver next month. Comedy so, works. Yeah, I'm really. I've been wanting best. to go there. Awesome. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. But which one? The uh, there's there's a downtown one, and then there's the landmark one, which is that I don't know. I mean, the landmark one. It's like you're playing a mini amphitheater like it's indoors but it's holy like, shit and you talk about a club owner uh, being like mitzi uh the club owner of, of uh, comedy works is like she used to be a waitress there oh like, wow really nothing goes down without her knowing like it's and the staff loves her uh the staff treat the comics amazing whether you're the mc the opener you know, it, it's a really, if you're in the Denver area, go see Jessica and Whitney. Uh, I mean, because it's a first-class operation. So one more time. First of all, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun and not as hot as I thought. Uh, well, I apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> at the uh, comedy store. Uh, Holy shit, Earl. I'm doing a podcast right now. Who? Who is it? Oh, it's a telemarketer. Would you guys oh, stop calling fuck. me? God damn! That's uh, the only time I've ever uh, answered a phone call on a podcast. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of firsts. Huh? If you're at the comedy store and you uh, go see Jessica, she's performing there a lot. But if you're there and you see her, uh, she's where's your main position? Uh, do you work the patio a lot? Um, it just depends. It always changes. But yeah, if you come see me, bring me gifts. Remember, bring me a shirt. <laughs> bring me alligator teeth necklaces. Bring me paintings. Make me feel wanted. She's a wanted woman. Maybe Rat should do a reboot of their song, Wanted Man. Exactly. Wanted Woman. Stephen Piercy, if you're listening, I know you are. Let's, uh, let's get Desmond Child into the fold and we'll rewrite that shit. Of course, Desmond will get 70% of the publishing. I know the music game works. <laughs> we'll call uh, ASCAP uh, after we write the song and deny everything. So, uh, Jessica, one more time. I know we did it at the very beginning of the podcast. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? At Jess Wellington 2, the number two. Number two, and then Facebook to... Uh, yeah, Jessica Wellington Entertainment is my fan page, and just Jessica Wellington. If you're cool, I'll add you. Yeah, so uh, I know I have a primarily male fan base. Be cool. Don't be a pervert. Uh, it's a whole new era. Me too. Time's up. It's a whole thing. And when I post Jessica's picture that she texted me to get some numbers on the podcast, don't be a fucking creep. All no, right. no, that be a creep. Whatever you would naturally do, just don't dislike it just because I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah, and don't you know? Uh, just be cool. Like, don't be a double. Don't have a double standard. Yeah, I mean, you've all seen my dick pic. Uh, right. So, just so like, this shouldn't offend you. Yeah, she's. It's totally clean. Like it's it's a normal picture. Like just showing some skin. So uh, I love you guys all. Inappropriate Earl. Uh, we got Dan Saint Germain coming up. The oh, great. Awesome comic from New York. He's got a new comedy album out. I don't know the name of it, but it's out. If you go on, I guess, iTunes, look up Dan St. Germain uh, and check that out. And uh, I'm going to Nashville this weekend, a railroad gig for daddy. I'll be at the Rock and Pod Expo Saturday and then Sunday night. If you're in the Nashville area, we'll be at Zany's, me, Courtney Cronin, and the amazing Craig Gass. 
and then I'll be back in LA doing a lot of voiceover work because daddy's got some big news, <laughs> but I can't really say it. I'll just say this. Make sure your Adult Swim subscription is current. Cartoon Network. So all you people who talk shit about daddy are now going to be saying, Hey, Earl, congrats. Can you get my reel to them? Hey, you, I can't get your reel to them, but I won't. 